0: I hate to wait. Who here can relate? Can relate. Who has ever thought this thought? I wish my microwave would go faster. <laughs> I thought that thought this week, and that, that's crazy because microwaves are like they're miracles. They are miracles, and mine isn't a fast enough miracle for whatever <laughs> reason. But it, it's, it's it's hard to wait. Or who here can relate to this one? Where you're you're you're, you're shopping? Let's. And as you're trying to make your way out of the store, you're looking at the various checkout lines, including the self-checkout, and you're mentally calculating what is the fastest way out of the store. (laughs) Okay, all right, at least I'm not alone in that, because I know that I I have a hard time waiting. I I have a hard time with patience. And um, do do you think that culture is becoming more patient over time or less patient yeah. They, I, I read a study this week where they were actually tracking the pace of life. Now, the way that they did it is they, they did it like they're just watching people walking down the street in major cities. But, but in the year, like I think it was 2018, compared to the 1990s, people in the number of major cities were at least 10% faster. Just the pace of walking. And that was just, obviously, that's not an indication of everything, but it is an indication of something. We're moving faster and faster and faster and faster. Who would like to go back to a dial-up connection with your internet? Are you serious? Wow, okay. Yeah, somebody like, I just can't stand 5G. It's too fast, too much, too much data. We like things fast. I like things fast. I don't like to wait. And yet, a lot of life, especially the really significant parts of life, involve waiting. And so in a world that is often fast but shallow, God invites us in Christ to experience him in ways that are deep and very often slow. So in the passage we're going to be looking at today, which is in Second in Peter chapter three, I'm fiddle with my over here we go. There we go. I'll stop being distracted by my own ear. Hopefully now, um, but in Second Peter chapter three, we're going to look at some of the final words that the apostle Peter writes to the church. Now, as we're picking the story up, it is likely about AD sixty eight maybe just barely coming into A.D. 69. Um, This is as Nero is rising in power. There has been a major fire in Rome. Nero needed a scapegoat. And he thought, well, Christians... Uh, Nobody likes Christians anyways, so so let's blame them. And so the church, the early church, was starting to experience real honest-to-God persecution. Not just Jewish opposition, which they've been facing for quite some time for obvious reasons, because of the disagreement about the Messiah, but honest Roman persecution. And so Peter, he he writes this letter that's going to be distributed throughout Asia Minor and one of the things I love about this letter and is if you've read the Gospels and you've read about Peter, what words would you use to describe Peter in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? What, who, what's Peter like? Compulsive. He, he is Mr. Getter done. He is impulsive. Impulsive. He, he, he is fast to act, you know, he is he, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it. He will say almost anything. He'll do almost anything. He's got tons and tons of, of energy and often very little restraint. And here we meet Peter as a much older man. And time with Jesus has changed him. Isn't it great that we can change? And he's become much more patient. And he wants to give this word to, to the church in part because they're starting to experience hardship and perhaps in part, now this is just speculation, that somehow in his own spirit, maybe by the, by the means of the Holy Spirit, he knows that his time on earth is going to be short because he was crucified in about A.D. 69 under Nero. He knows his time is, is coming to an end. He wants to share these final words. He wants the church to hear. He wants people to be reassured. And so we're going to take a look at this passage in its fullness and then go back and do a little bit of a deep dive here. But there's a word. There's a key word I want you to look for. And that word, our word of the day, thing, is patience. Patience. Look for the word. And look how, how this word ends up describing a really key attribute of God that might for you end up explaining some things, some questions that you've had about God and how God works and, and why is it that Jesus promised to return and he's taking a while. What's up with that? What went wrong with the plan? Or did something go wrong with the plan? So, it's a really key passage that I hope will be encouraging to you and to me and to us as we try to Steady our hearts as we live in this time between Advents. As we look forward to the coming of Christ. And at times we look around and say, Lord, what's going on? So, you ready to dive in with me? Okay, find your Bibles, take out your little glow-in-the-dark Bibles, whatever, however you access the Word of God. Let's take a look at 2 Peter Chapter 3, I'll read verses 8 through 18 in its its entirety. And then we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll just cycle back on a couple of really, really key things. Okay. So Peter writes to the churches in Asia. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is, and there's our word of the day, what is it? He's patient. He's not slow. He's patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. If you have a highlighter, you might want to underline that. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Repentance. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's... Oh, there's our word of the day again. What is it? Patience. patience. The Lord's patience means what? Salvation. Aren't you glad the Lord has been patient with you? Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking of, in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. Amen. Amen which ignorant and unstable people distort, seen that, as they do the other scriptures, to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you've been forewarned, be on your guard that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory now and forever. Amen. And as far as we know, these are Peter's final recorded words. So we better pay attention to them, right? So let's start deep diving. First big concept. Chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come To repentance. So it's taken a while. It has taken a while for Jesus to come. In God's timing, it's taken two days so far. Two days. Because a a day is like a what? And a thousand years is like a... He's two days late. Or, Or is he? This passage tells us something really key about the heart of God. God isn't, uh, he's not incapable, he's fully capable, he's not ignorant, he sees what's going on, he hears literally everything, he's not le- neglectful, instead, he is, what's our word? He's patient, God is patient, it's one of the ways we experience the grace of God, is in the patience of God or like it says a little bit later remember that that patience is salvation aren't you glad that your status before God is not determined by your worst day that dumb thing you once said you know that grand statement you made in your junior year of college yes that picture you once took And you wish you hadn't. That word you said in that moment when the emotions had gotten too much to you, or maybe the substances had gotten too much of you. Aren't you glad you're not defined by your worst day? But our status before the Lord has everything to do with what He has done for us, who He says you are. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are forgiven. Your slate is wiped clean by the work of Christ on the cross. Isn't that great? And the Lord is patient with you. And as we walk with Jesus over the years, he changes us. Hallelujah. Who here is married and glad your spouse came to Jesus? (laughs) God is patient with us. Patience is listed by the Apostle Paul as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. As we spend time with Jesus, as the Spirit of God moves in our heart, we become increasingly patient. It's one of the ways, one of the ways that we see God at work Aren't you glad that God doesn't respond like the modern-day news cycle? Can you imagine what it would be like? Like you, like you see somebody, whether, whether that's in, in celebrity culture or in politics, and they say one thing, they do one thing, and the, our world right now is just, it's like a, what's the right word for this? It's, it's like a chihuahua on cappuccino. I mean, just... Have you seen that? Like in the the news cycle? Like we are just fast to react. Now that doesn't mean that everything that's out there is good or we should ignore sin or we should not speak up about issues. But what if you don't have to actually swing at every pitch? What if... What if rather than just follow the way of the world, which is react, 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 react? What if Christians, remembering the patience of God, grew in those disciplines of patience ourselves? And so we reflect, and then we respond. It's different than reacting, isn't it? It's OK to sleep on it. <laughs> It's okay to not leave a comment on every post. It's okay to think before you speak. Remember what your grandma used to tell you? She was pretty smart. Some of those old ways, the ways of wisdom, often go slowly. And maybe that's one of the ways we can live differently in a world that is so geared towards speed And reaction. The Lord is patient. Why is he patient? What does this passage tell us? Why is he patient? Right. Because God finds absolutely no delight in seeing the wicked perish. What he wants is he wants people's hearts to turn. And so he gives lots and lots and lots and lots of time. He's got a very, very long wick. He is slow to anger. He's taking his time. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. Aren't you glad he took enough time that he could reach you? So as you think of the loved ones in your life that you are praying for, and I hope that you are, because Christ is the only hope for any person. As you pray for the people in your life that don't yet know Christ, play the long game. The long game. As much as you can, especially with family members, as much as you can, stay in relationship. Even if maybe they say something that is offensive, if there's something you disagree with, it is possible to disagree with someone and still desperately love them. It's important to remember that. Play the long game. Do whatever you can, as as much as you are able, and as much as is in your power to stay In relationship. You can stay in relationship without compromising your beliefs. You can stay in relationship without compromising your values. So don't compromise your beliefs and don't compromise your values. But as much as you can, stay in relationship so there's time. Because the Lord is patient. Let's take a look at the next section. Take a look at that next section. Because there will come a day... There will come a day when all things will be made new. In fact, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Verse 10, the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Now, since everything will be destroyed in that way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day and speed its coming. There will come a day. There will come a day when the world, then the entire universe, in fact, will get a grand, fiery reset. When it happens, everyone will know. It won't happen secretly. It won't, it won't happen and you will just, you'll, you'll not be, oh, you missed it because you overslept. That won't happen. It will be a grand, fiery reset of the entire universe. And only the Lord knows when that day will come. But there is an interesting line. Did you as you read it, did you wonder about it? Like as you look forward to the day of God. Are you looking forward to the day of God? Uh. Gay. Mm, okay, yeah. I know it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to imagine what it would be like in a new heaven and a new earth. So even as Christians, maybe you've struggled with that a little bit. Like, do I really do I really? Because there's some, maybe there's some things, some places, some activities, some, some parts of life, marriage, kids, grandkids, whatever, and you think, okay, these are good things and I want to experience them. As we look forward to the new heaven and the new earth, remember that everything that is good about this world will not only be present in the next, but better. Who here really wants to go back to dial up? Okay one person maybe two who here would really prefer to have a horse and buggy (laughs) a couple of people oh this is wonderful oh God bless you I love you okay but for the most part for the most part that is true the gas prices are definitely better that is true (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> but, but maybe those could be, in, could be partial illustrations of what we are looking forward to in the world to come. Everything that is good in this world will be better in that one. Everything. Not, it, it's, it's not that things go away, it's that things go from 1.0 to 2.0. So we look forward to the day and maybe you wondered about that line and speed it's coming because realize we cannot manipulate God. We can't manipulate his timing. There's a translational issue in there that says and eagerly anticipate. It might be something like that. Or I wonder if it also might have something to do with one of the promises that Jesus made in Matthew 24, 14. He said, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. It seems like one of the promises that Jesus made is that all people everywhere will have an opportunity to respond to Jesus before he returns. And I don't know if what if that's what Peter was thinking about in this passage for certain, but this but that the possible link has me kind of excited. Because do you realize that we are just years away? Like uh, ling- um, Christian linguists and missionaries tell us we're pro- 10 to 20 years away from having the gospel in every human language that's kind of exciting we live in a, in a in, we get to live in an era where one of the things that, that Jesus told his disciples to do 2,000 years ago we might finally get the job done wouldn't that be amazing? Now, I don't know if that, if that, what that means in terms of timing, but I sure know we need to be praying for our missionaries. We need to be praying for our Bible translators. And we need to be excited about not only the work of God here and now and within our immediate midst, but God's work in parts of the world that you will probably never visit, in languages that you certainly do not understand. God is at work everywhere. Lord, hasten the day. Lord, help me to be invested in your work here, and Lord, help me to be a faithful supporter of your work in other places as well. I hope you give towards missions. Actually, if you give towards the church, you give towards missions, because a portion of, of even the, like, just our general offering goes out to Christian work globally. But let's keep reading. Okay. So that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Friends, it will not be like this forever there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And by the way, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the, the prophecies about the new heaven and the new earth. Isaiah chapter 11, Revelation 21. Read ahead, let's talk about it because I don't think we, we think about this enough. That one day all things will be made new. One day evil will be eradicated. Not just locked away, not just suppressed, not just swept under the rug, not just avoided, it will be eradicated. Can you imagine a world like that? The scriptures encourage us to try. Because the more we imagine what, what God could do in this world, what, when all things are made right, where all justices are fulfilled, the more we can. Proactively be part of its work now. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's finish off the passage. We're going to jump ahead to verse 17. Therefore, dear friends, since you've been forewarned, you know all this stuff, you've read it, you've heard it, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your, what's that phrase? Secure position, secure position. No one can steal your salvation from you. We don't have to live like the world around us. We don't have to live like the culture around us. We don't have to react, 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 react. Instead, verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to Him Be glory now and forever. So friends, be on guard. Don't get carried away. We don't need to swing at every pitch. We don't need to run run our lives with the kind of pace that the culture around us runs. Instead, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow. Grow. In the grace and knowledge. Isn't it interesting how those two phrases go side by side? The grace and the knowledge. The grace, how, as we experience God's love for us, we, we grow in our awareness of God's love for us. We grow in our awareness of God's patience for us. That's one of the ways His grace gets expressed. And we also grow in the knowledge. It's not just about Bible study, though Bible study is important. It's not just about knowing the Bible better, though growing knowing the Bible better is a very, very good thing. It's, it's experiencing Christ as we grow in knowledge. You're not just coming to church to learn more. You and I were coming to church so our lives can be changed by Jesus. Knowledge is part of it, but it's just one part of it, the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I asked this question last week and I, I, I well I want to keep coming back to it over the over the Advent season because I think it's think it's helpful. What if this Christmas season You didn't just survive it, though, for the record, I hope you do. You didn't just have some great family experiences, though, for the record, I hope you do. What if this Christmas season, as you look back on it in January or February, you're able to say, I really grew closer to Jesus this Christmas. To set your heart on that. To grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What if this is an Advent season? You don't just survive, though I hope you do. You don't just have a good time, though I hope you do. You're able to say, I really grew during this time. What might that look like? Perhaps, perhaps. Finding ways to slow down the pace might be part of it. Finding ways to embrace God's patience for you and to look for ways to grow that in a world that is fast but shallow, you say, no, Lord, I'm going to pursue you in ways that are sometimes slow but deep. Lord, help me to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. You don't have to get caught up in all the busyness. Be involved in the things that are life-giving and good. It's okay to say no. You know that, right? It's okay to not move in a million miles an hour. It's okay to live at dial-up speed in a gigabit world it is okay. In fact, very often, wisdom is found in those places, in the slow places. (laughs) What's the Lord telling you this morning as you hear this passage about patience? Are you reminded of His patience for you? Are you praying For someone and maybe feeling God's nudge to say just keep praying, keep praying. I'm not done with them yet. Keep praying, keep praying. Don't give up yet. I'm not done with them yet. Are there habits or practices God's inviting you into so that you might grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus? Let's stand together if you're able and let's close in prayer together.